podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode of Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. So it's a busy time, isn't it, ladies and gents? Even though it goes a little bit quiet on the back of the red fixture list. But as normal, we'll be talking about the things you expect. So we'll do a bit of a review of Arsenal. We'll keep it brief, I promise. We'll talk about everything Dominic Zabozlai and the news that's come out. We'll talk about Burnley and that'll come in fixture this weekend and looking at a few stats from our history there. And we'll hopefully be uplifting everyone when we talk about runs and results on the back of defeats. It's never about the setback, is it, ladies and gents? It's always about the comeback, as it were. And to join me as ever... I've got the Hungarian stat hipster himself, the man with the knowledge, the man who's causing waves on Twitter nowadays as well, Ben Boxack. Ben, how are we? Yeah, great to be on. Been a busy few days, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to clearing everything up, hopefully, because I, I know there's a lot of confusion on Twitter. I've seen a lot of comments, uh, so I will we'll address that when we get to it. Yeah, no doubts about that. Don't worry, we will get to it, I absolutely promise. But let's get the bad part out of the way quickly, Ben, and go to it. I mean, Sunday, horrific, fair to say, pretty horrific. Yeah, I mean, it was it was hard to watch, let's be honest. I think apart from, you know, after Liverpool got, got the equaliser, and I think the first 15, sort of 20 minutes, yeah, that's when... Liverpool had a bit of momentum in the game, didn't create chances or anything, but it just looked like we had the upper hand and we had a lot of the ball and we were trying to create something. And then obviously there were a few changes. Yeah. Arsenal go on to score and then, then the red card and everything, everything just went against Liverpool on, on the night. And I think it's just very uncharacteristic errors as well. Um, I think even with Konate, I know he got, quite lucky earlier on in the season when um, he had a similar sort of situation against Everton and yeah. subbed him off. Uh, but it is sort of uncharacteristic for him to to, to make those kind of mistakes. Uh, and I think that just sums up Liverpool's night, really. There was a lot of mistakes. But again, I think with context, given the preparation going into this game, yeah. given obviously the really unfortunate timing of Connor Bradley's dad passing away yeah. for that, and obviously it's really heartbreaking for him. So rightfully he got time to, you know, grieve and, and process the situation. But I think obviously he could have been involved, um, just based on the fact that Alexander Arnold got subbed off after the first hour. Yeah, um, 
then obviously Dominic Sobosai, who we'll touch on, he he kind of pulled out last minute. So yeah. he was probably in the initial starting eleven. And again, Darwin Nunez was another one who didn't start. He was sort of 50-50 where he would start. So we had a lot of players coming in last minute who Klopp might not have even wanted to start. So I think given the context, the defeat seems less bad. And I think even just looking at the context of the performance. So one thing I wanted to highlight, I, it's really hard to access sort of pressure statistics these days. Yeah. But one of the best sort of alternatives, if if you're looking at FB Ref or, or a statistical website like that, is recoveries made. So how many reco- ball recoveries Liverpool have made? And yeah. against Arsenal, it was 36. And I just wanted to sort of compare that to the last four games. So against Chelsea in the Premier League, we made 60 ball recoveries. Wow. Against Bournemouth, it was 61. Um, Newcastle was 59 and then Burnley it was 51 so um, yes I think Arsenal let us have the ball uh, so maybe the recoveries are not as high because we had the ball more Yeah, I think overall I I think that kind of suggests you know the pressing game wasn't there and then obviously Klopp mentioned that Liverpool wanted Alexander-Arnold on the ball more that didn't happen. We didn't create enough chances. There was just one shot on target. So, yeah, I think overall it was just a, it was just a bad day in the office. But if if we look at the context and the fact that this was such a huge game for Arsenal and they were always going to turn up, like this is going to be their Champions League, and and we saw from yeah. the celebration yeah. that this was their Champions League final, um, it was always going to be a tough one for Liverpool. Yeah, I think that's bad. Everything that, that went wrong could go wrong. Like you say, bad days at the office for, for all the main players as well, eh? Trent, VVD and Alisson. We'll give them passes this time as well. And yeah, I dug out, dug out a few stats of my own, maybe have inspired me. And I saw like against Chelsea, the team pressed or ran further, I should say, for another 9.1k, which is a, a huge difference, isn't it? I think just everything caught up with them and the injuries, like you say, played a part and how we had to play. But Alas, that is done and we move on. I suppose I did want, it is important to ask you this, because it could easily just label everyone the same, but that isn't right to do. Was there anyone who did okay according to the stats or metrics that we should say, yeah, actually he did okay, single him out even? Yeah, I I, I thought, you know, considering the circumstances, um, I thought McAllister was, was pretty good. I think he's the only one who kind of comes out of this game with a, with a bit of credit to him. Yeah. Um, I think he just from the top of my head, I'm pretty sure he like won the most duels in the game on the pitch. He definitely created the most chances for Liverpool, yeah. which is not a lot. It was only two. So <laughs> yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of chances, but uh, I think he also drew the most fouls. Um, uh, and then on top of that, I'm pretty sure he had the joint most shots as well which from a midfield and considering we know McAllister doesn't really take that many shots again it just kind of sums up how poor Liverpool's attack were on the night that he was taking the shots I mean he did have three to be fair which is quite a lot for him but still I think um, for for me he comes out with a bit of credit because I thought he did okay especially given like you know Arsenal's midfielders 
the one of the better ones in the Premier League for yep. sure. True. And especially because in all the questions that have been around Alexis as number six, I thought he battled and did very well. And unfortunately, quite often with little support at times as well. I know they moved Curtis deeper, but for that little period in the second half, that was about it for what he has support. But it's done. It's dusted. We move on. Now, aside from having, I won't make you explain yourself on this call, Ben, why you didn't give me the exclusive on the Zabozline News. We'll come back to that another time and we'll definitely be picking that up, ladies and gents, later. But you, you've no doubt, I know you've been asked thousands of questions galore on this and what's going on. I think it is important we discuss this because I've seen your tweet, I know I've spoken to you, and then I've already seen people almost taking part of that tweet and twisting it. I was like, no, that was clearly not what was said. And I think it's always good just to, to clarify it fully. So maybe it's a simple question that will require a bit of detail as well. What is the latest with Dominic Zaboslai? Well, I believe he's back in Liverpool now, or at least on his way. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty certain he's back already. Uh, not 100% on that, but obviously Monday was a day off as it is yeah. on, on on these weeks for Liverpool when there are there is are no midweek week matches. Um obviously Klopp said it himself before the Arsenal game. He felt a little bit of pain in, in the same injury area where, yeah. where he had his injury missed most of January. So he went back to Hungary, um, met in the national team headquarters with um, a specialist that he knows from his Leipzig days. Like the last time he actually had like quite a serious injury, that was the specialist that he worked with. And obviously he he had permission from the club to do this as well. Cause I a lot yeah. of people are like, well, why why are Liverpool sending you know, why aren't Liverpool's doctors looking at him? Liverpool's doctors are going to be looking at him as well. Uh, but he himself, I think it just speaks of his professionalism on his day off, decided to to get it checked up with someone who yeah knows his body well knows his body from from years for years now and obviously he wanted to to get an opinion um sometimes it's good to have a second opinion as well so yeah he he did that um the doctor himself as i understand couldn't find anything um so there were no tears or any further damage um yeah so that is good news yeah it's it's a muscle injury so that's why I said it in my tweets, obviously in the Hungarian media, that they've given this prognosis, I think, of three to four weeks, which is just way too premature at this stage to, to, to even suggest that it'll be three to four weeks. Uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a sort of injury that is develops and obviously you have to, to be careful with it. And I think Liverpool will be careful with it. But from what I understand, it's it's not going to be as long, and you know, um, best case scenario, I think, you know, he, he'll be back on the pitch very soon and and back training very soon. I don't want to give a time scale on it because it is a muscle injury, and you just never know. But I think yeah. those those three to four weeks, talking about the Carabao missing the Carabao Cup final and and stuff like that, from what I understand that that won't be the case and, and I think that would be a very much like the worst worst case scenario that could happen and yeah. they're optimistic but that's that's not going to be the case so from what I understand anyway that's 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 the word that I'm I've, I've heard so far uh I'm I'm not too worried uh I think from what I understand neither is his camp so 
um yeah it, it's it's i think it was definitely blown out of proportions especially on monday when people were already talking about oh well he's going to miss the carabao cup final he's yeah. gonna miss this many games uh um i i just think it's it's too early um let's let's wait and see what happens in the, in the next couple of days at liverpool Liverpool's doctors will will know better as well. They'll they'll have more prognosis, and um, obviously then there's Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Well, where we'll know more, True. and uh, we'll we'll know fully. But from what I understand, it's it's not the end of the world. As I saw some people's reactions on Twitter, and like I said, it's it's not strange to to see another specialist as well because a lot of people made that comment that oh, this just yeah. you know, shirt highlights that. Liverpool's medical team is is it is you know it, it's not in any shape or form a criticism towards Liverpool's medical team. It's just it's just something that's quite normal, you know. Because yes, yeah. Liverpool have some great doctors, some great medical experts in the field, some some of the best in the field actually. But they're not going to be an expert at everything, and they're not going to know every player's you know tiny details inside yeah. and out. So. Sometimes it's completely normal to to you know consult with a specialist, and Liverpool have done that throughout this season as well. Uh, I think Andy Robertson was another one who went to see a specialist in. Uh, True. Yeah. So it, it's not it's it's nothing strange, and I, I don't know. I think people are blowing things out of proportion for for sure. Yeah, it does it does feel like we've not had a a good Twitter meltdown for a while, and maybe. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Maybe just people, and I mean this in a positive way, there didn't seem to be after Arsenal, the general consensus, if you looked on social media, was like, it's done, let's move on, there's plenty to play for. Quite quite a mature response all round, realistically, you could say. So maybe we have been due on. And exactly like you said with Robbo, there was news, wasn't there, at the time that he did go to Aspitar Clinic, get that checked out for that, you know, specialists are consulted all the time in these types of situations. And Friday, we've not got to wait long till Jurgen Klopp's press conference. And I know people, when someone's going to be listening and jumping on me, saying Klopp doesn't always tell the truth about that. That I, me and Ben cannot decide or have no input in realistically, but we will get an update as it were there, which is hopefully favourable. And I'll fully trust Ben on this because, in simple terms, his Hungarian is a thousand times better than mine naturally as well. Brill. So, 
there, ladies and gents, is your Dominic Zaborslai update. Moving on this week, Ben, we've got, I mean, Burnley. Seems to be taking forever this game in a way, doesn't it? After a defeat. We've gone from almost a game every day, practically, and the Reds are on a roll. Almost this this little strange period of spacing where it's a game every week, almost like a, a mini preseason, as someone said. It does feel massive. I might be making this up, but if someone asked me off the top of my head, I'd say Burnley at home. I reckon Liverpool's record is pretty good. Am I making this up or do our stats bear it out? I mean, would it surprise you if I said our record recently is actually better away from home than at home? Okay. Um, Obviously, I mean, Liverpool have only lost, since 1974, have only lost once at home to Burnley. So it does come with that caveat. Yeah. uh, Which was in that awful run I, f- I feel like every yeah. podcast we talk about it now so we're just going to forget about it but it was during yeah. that run where loads of records were broken at Anfield and not to our favour as well um, but um, you know Liverpool's record against Burnley away from home is six wins in the last six games whereas nice. at home Obviously, lost once in, in the last six games, drawn twice and won three. So it's not a perfect record. Um, mm. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still feeling pretty confident. You know, I think even though we were missing the lack of games, certainly sometimes I feel like I don't know yeah. what to do these days in the evenings for, for this next week. But I think it's, it's a good thing that Liverpool's players are going to get a bit of a rest bit of respite um and i think i'm I'm feel i'm still feeling pretty confident like if you look at burnley's form i think they've won two games since october the 7th yeah Um, they've only won three games in the premier league overall and two of those are against luton and sheffield united so i i don't know i feel like this is at home at anfield this is a game like you should be winning. And, and if you're not, then you've got no right to be in the conversation for the league title. Yeah. So Great. I, I just feel like it's, it's a perfect opportunity to bounce back um, and, and, and get a, a strong result. And that that's what I'm fully expecting, really. Yeah, I think it's one of those, and you never say there's an easy game in the Premier League. But if you could handpick your fixture, I think this would be in most people's top three at worst. Let you know, let's let's be completely clear and honest on that. It also, it's whenever you think Burnley, you conjure the images of Sean Dyche, Ashley Barnes, foot, two banks of four, you know, and a big target man, and we go from that. This is a very very different Burnley, isn't it? It's quite expansive under Vincent Company and Craig Bellamy as an assistant. People have their thoughts on whether that's brave or foolish, maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but yeah, you look at you look at their results. The Reds should and should be, I think you phrased it well, if we're going to be in this title hunt, this should be a nailed on win. It really should be looked at that way. I know Zaboz lies out. I know he's, he's a mutual favourite of ours. The person who came in from him Sunday, I'm sure you've seen Ben, Ryan Gravenberg hasn't been without questions, let's put it that way, uh, against it, his name. 
in that, yeah, that's maybe the best, the most polite way we can put it. If the Bosley is out, which is fully expected, you know, most people will have that prediction for Saturday, 3 p.m. Stats-wise, who are you thinking should come in to the lineup on that right-hand side? Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting him to be rolled out for that one for sure. Yeah. That's, for that, for now though, that's all we know for certain, uh, that he's going to be ruled out for that one. But I think the rest is, is still open in the air, you know, up in the air rather. Um, so I don't know, for me, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously you have Harvey Elliott. I think he's he's very talented and he's quite useful. Um, but what I would be more tempted with is to bring the man who's not really been talked about in, in the last sort of month or so, and rightfully so, because he hasn't been with the squad. But I think, you know, Votaro Endo is, is back this week. He's, he's going to be training with the team this week. Um, obviously, I wrote an article for Anfield and Next, sort of yeah. looking at how he did at the Asian Cup, and you know, Japan didn't perform as as they had expected, but I thought Endo was still in good form. I tried to watch most of his games and if if I didn't watch them live I, I watched them back and you know he was just doing it what he was doing at Liverpool the the month before in December and I think if if I was Jurgen Klopp anyway I'd bring him back into this one move McAllister further up the pitch um we haven't seen McAllister a lot on in that right-sided midfield yeah uh but it was something that Liverpool sort of looked at if I remember correctly, in pre-season. Uh, that's actually how Jurgen Klopp initially set up the midfield. He played Sabosa on the left and McAllister on the right. So I think it is something that he can do. Um, he, he's he got the creativity, he's got the technical ability on the ball. I mean, that's the position he wants to play. So I think if he was given that chance against Burnley, it's a great opportunity to you know make his sort of mark in, in his favoured position, and 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 for me, you know, Endo, I think is is a good sort of game to come back into and readjust to the Premier League again because obviously it's playing a completely different level in the Asian yeah. Cup. Obviously, sometimes you need a bit of an adjustment period from going from one level to to the next. So, um, I think it's a perfect game to sort of put Endo back into the starting lineup. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because you're right, we've seen the endo photos. He is back at Axel already, which is absolutely brilliant. And I know you, you're a big endo fan. Stats bear that out. I know I've seen the article as well, which is great. I can totally understand why. People will have thoughts on this. I think for me, and looking at the stats and obviously goals and assists, I know Gravenberg had so few touches on Sunday. People will bring that into the equation. You know, I'm not disputing that at all. There is a part of me, and it sounds like we're absolutely ragging on Burnley here, so to speak, but I would be, you know, I'd hope whether it's Gravenberg stays in, Elliot comes in, Endo introduced, you'd hope the combination of those would still be enough to beat Burnley overall, wouldn't you, match their midfield at least. So it will be interesting to see what Jurgen Klopp does in this one, even talk about, seen suggestions, McAllister next to Endo and Elliot in front, like a 4-2-3-1. It will be fascinating to see how he plays around with it but yeah full expectations here ladies and gents of a Liverpool victory no exceptions on Sunday and 
the final part of this, we want to lift it a bit, Ben, and I'm hoping you're going to lift it or you're going to kill our show here, so to speak, but runs, positive runs on the back of defeats because it, we, I've seen it on Twitter a lot and I get it. We always, maybe not though, as the case may be, we believe we always react well to a defeat. It's never about the setback, it's about the comeback. And we talk about this before, it's about going on runs, isn't it? Building momentum and Christ, especially at the business end of the year, we'd love that more than ever, wouldn't we? Because it just feels with City rolling up, there is very to little to zero wiggle room in this. I'm hoping you're not going to kill our show, Ben, here. Have we got positive stats in regards to when we go on runs after defeats or are you going to kill the dreams here and now? I mean, obviously, um, this season, when we lost against Tottenham. Yeah. The the last time we then lost, I mean, the next time we then lost was this last weekend, I should say, in the Premier League anyway. So that's a pretty long stretch of games when Liverpool have gone unbeaten. Yeah. Uh, The first game back was a draw. I should sort of include that caveat against Brighton. Yeah, I remember that one. Just before the international break. So it wasn't necessarily maybe the perfect response, but... um, the the only other game that Liverpool have lost this season was the one against Toulouse, and then Liverpool bounced back and beat Brentford three 0 Yeah, and, and that was a game at Anfield, so maybe that's better of a comparison looking ahead to Burnley. Um, then obviously the title winning season uh, when we lost to Watford um, came kind of came out of nowhere. We were all just like, yeah, true. Great, Liverpool are never going to lose again, and then Watford sort of surprised us and 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 beat us that time um the the next game back which was the last game before the covid-19 restrictions Liverpool won again and then obviously like they they only played again until june so yes there were a few defeats in that time in in june but it's it's hard to you know like make that comparison with this season when you're in full flow and you're training so i think the most accurate comparisons to, to look back on is the 21-22 season when Liverpool again were competing for the title and they, they only lost twice that season. Um, one was against West Ham in November and after that Liverpool went on a, won their next six games and, and went on a long run. Um, nice. But that, those six games included a 4-0 against Arsenal, by the way, and a 4-1 at Everton as well. Um, then um, Leicester beat Liverpool just I think it was the last game before the, the new year yeah, on like mm. the 20th of December or something like that and then again Liverpool won like the next 10 games out of 12 and and, and the only two draws in that time was the with Manchester City and Chelsea so again like two teams like it's not the worst scenario to, to draw to. Uh, but again, you know, Liverpool went pretty good runs in that season after defeat and, and bounced back very quickly. I mean, obviously, the end of the season didn't quite pan out <laughs> yeah. the way Liverpool wanted. But, you know, let's hope this time around it's different. I'm pretty sure the, the draw against Man City in that one, although I, I might be wrong in this, 
was away from home, whereas now we're facing them at Anfield. So obviously we've already played the difficult, the more difficult fixture away from home. And I think to to really sort of put us in a positive mood uh, and lift us up, there's what, like 15 games left now until the end of the season. If Liverpool win those 15 games, they win the title. I mean, it's 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 that simple, really. Everything is still in our hands. We don't have to be hoping for for anyone else to drop points. It, it would have been nice to get a result against Arsenal, but you know, it's us whose hands the the league title is in, not theirs. It's yeah. us and City still who you know we'll, we will decide who wins the title, basically, essentially. So, um, I wouldn't say it's doom and gloom yet. There's plenty still to play for it's it's a marathon and and it's a battle and it's a war and we just lost a tiny little game from from what's ahead and I think you know it's okay to do that sometimes it's 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 okay to lose every now and again the the only team who managed to go unbeaten in a whole season was um, Arsenal's invincible. It, it just happens, you know. You do go, you do, you do lose games, and uh, I yeah. don't think it's there's any shame in in losing to a really good Arsenal team, who were playing in in a, in a really good atmosphere as well. Probably one of the best atmospheres I've seen at the Emirates um, in a long time. Obviously, their fans were really up for it, and credit to them, they they gave it their all as well for for them to get the result. And and on top of that, I think as well, what makes me feel better is like it could have easily been a draw. Like Arsenal didn't deserve to win that much. Yes, they were the better team, they created more chances, but yeah. If it wasn't for the Alison Van Dyke mistake, which I think, you know, it a million if they, if you replay that situation a million times, I don't think they make that mistake again. It's just it's just that one time in 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 this you know reality that it's happened. Um, but I think apart from that, you know, if that doesn't happen, I think Liverpool could have still gotten a result and gotten a draw, which we said last week it, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. It's a result we would have taken. Yeah, no doubts about that at all. And there are some positives. It would be good good to go on a, a ten game unbeaten run that you mentioned or straightway it would be great to win all 15 as you also said that would really just answer all the questions we have but we, we are confident people we talked about this that this is the, a bit of a strange time the spacing of games are you know a week apart and we know from here it's going to go crazy but maybe just maybe in the long run we might look at this as the pivotal period where we got players back refreshed ready to go. So, yeah, we'll have news on Sabozlai. They'll have news on Endo come Friday. We may, we may, no promises, even have news on Mo Salah. I don't think Ben's connection network does spread quite that far and wide and in that many countries, but who knows? So, he cleared it up. He gave us the Sabozlai news. I'm about to take him to task when we finish this recording as to why he didn't give me the exclusive of the info, but that is a different and aggressive discussion we'll have altogether. So all it really leaves me to say is, Ben, as ever, thanks for the time, thanks for the stats, and thanks for the insight. Yeah, a pleasure. I'm sorry I 
couldn't set a date. I'm sure a lot of people were wondering what if I'm going to say which game he's going to be back. But you know, it's a muscle injury. I just, I anything could happen. You know, he could he could come back to training and he could he could feel it tighten again, and then he'll be out for a couple of weeks. So, I I don't want to set a date yet. But I think certainly um, don't believe every news that you read. Yeah, very wise, Ben, I think. The fans don't always forgive Jurgen Klopp, it seems, if he gives injury updates that aren't to the day. So I would not start now at all. Ladies and gents, though, Burnley on the horizon. Cup final tickets. Good luck if you're in the ballot. Hope everyone's been successful who's listening. And that was another Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.